This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Jones to Bear, top of the right circle, dry sidle. Pressure from Rasmus Anderson. McDavid, one-timer score. Blasted home by Ethan Bear. His second goal of the year makes it 2-0. And the Oilers on the verge of running Calgary right out of this building. Well, they didn't. It looked like they might when Ethan Bear scored that one before the game was even eight minutes old. That would turn out to be the game winner tonight as the Oilers beat the Flames 4-1. They win the season series six games to four. It's a serious blow for the Flames' already dwindling playoff hopes, and it puts the Oilers even closer to finally getting that little X next to their team name as having clinched a playoff spot. Connor McDavid plays career game number 400. He gets a goal and two assists. He has 87 points on the season. With seven games to go, Leon Dreisaitl with four helpers tonight. He's up to 71 points on the year. And Mike Smith, again, I mean, it's just incredible. He's now 18-6-2. He makes 29 saves tonight. And his save percentage is 924. Like, here's the thing. He comes into the game with a 922 save percentage, and it goes up. <laughs> He's just doing it night after night for the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks a lot for joining us. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center inside Rogers Place, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, we, we, sorry, we were talking the other night that for a team with a good record, the Oilers some nights haven't started the game very well. Well, tonight, uh, other than some games where they took advantage of a, a poor Ottawa team. That mm. might have been their first, their best 10 minutes of the season. They were up 2 nothing, and Calgary had nothing going. Uh, they were up 2 nothing, and it easily could have been 4 or 5 nothing. Markstrom made whew, three or four incredible saves, ones where he had the, the Oilers shaking their heads as they went back to the bench. And the onslaught just continued to the point where two goals got by him in 10 minutes, and you're thinking... Well, Markstrom's playing well, <laughs> and he's already let two goals in 10 minutes in a hockey game. Uh, the Oilers came out, they looked rested. They looked a little fresher. Uh, the game the other night against the Flames, uh, they were physically and mentally fatigued, and it showed in their play. Tonight, after uh, a rest day, they came out, they had their legs going, their two stars were dominant early, and then Mike Smith was there, and we... You, you talked about the fact the Oilers came out great. They made one mistake in the first 10, 12 minutes, and it was uh, a mistake in their own zone where they lost Mangiapane. He's wide open in front, gets the the shot that he wants. He one time that Smith makes an incredible save, and then they go down the other way and make it 2 nothing. So the Oilers wanted to be better early in this hockey game, and they certainly were. So 4-1 is the final. Calgary got a goal in the second period from Johnny Goudreau, and then the Oilers get two empty netters. Archibald scores with a minute six left, and then Darnell Nurse putting it right under the crossbar yeah. with 26 seconds to go. So that puts it away. Edmonton gets the 30th win of the season, 30-17-2. Calgary now 22-25-3 and, and already in a tough spot. And I'm sure they saw earlier tonight that 
Montreal rallied from a third period deficit and Cole Caulfield got his first NHL goal in overtime to get a 3-2 win for the Canadians. So the Oilers will move on to Vancouver, like I said, with a chance to absolutely uh, nail it down and, and get ready for the postseason. And one of the guys that it looks like they're going to use in the postseason, who's getting his first few NHL games, is Ryan McLeod. Got moved up today, still playing center, played with Nugent Hopkins and Pouliot. And what they did is they auditioned him for the role of a, a second-line center for the playoffs by putting him in all, posi- all positions during the game. Uh, late in the game, he's taking a face-off in his own zone in a one-goal hockey game. Uh, you don't usually see rookies coming up uh, in their fourth game in the National Hockey League given that opportunity. But uh, Dave Tippett knows that there are going to be times come playoff time where Leon and Connor are going to have to play together. Normally it happens when their team falls behind in a hockey game or if they, they need a jump start. But to do that, you've got to have faith that you can create something with another line. And tonight, McLeod got the opportunity with Pugliarvi and RNH, and I thought he played well. Uh, created a few chances. Uh, he and RNH almost put one in uh, late in the game where a pass from behind the net. Uh, the one thing that McLeod has a ton of is, is speed. And if he does make a mistake, his speed can make up for that mistake. Uh, he was good in his own zone. He understands his role. He got pucks in and out. There was a play in the third period that uh, really, it's a small play, but may have saved a hockey game. The Flames had numbers, and they had the puck in the offensive zone, in the other zone, and they had a defenseman. I, I'm not sure. I think it was Anderson. I'm not positive, but he was at the blue line cocked, and he was ready for one time. They had screen in front of the net, and McLeod read the play and got his stick just enough on the puck to tip it out into the neutral zone. That puck gets through on net, trouble for the Oilers. So McLeod was given an opportunity. I thought he played well, and I would imagine he will continue with an opportunity in top six or at the very least, top nine role as they go into Vancouver. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. The face-off story was significant tonight. The Oilers won 65% in the face-off circle. Dreisaitl did not lead the way in terms of percentage, though he did win 12 out of 19, which is pretty darn good. Devin Shore won 8 out of 10, so he stepped forward with the face-off tonight. Okay, let's go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's the winning goalie, Mike Smith. Hey, Mike, um, I just want to ask you, you're, you're in a great groove right now. Do you remember another time in your career when you were in a groove like this when you were playing so well? Uh, I can recall a few times. I think uh, there has been stretches throughout the course of my career where I've played well, but I think, you know, the hardest part about being a, a good goal in this league is his consistency, and I think every guy talks about it, but... That's when been one one of my big focuses this year is just to treat every game like a new game and not to get too fired up if, if it doesn't go my way and and uh, you know it's turned into some pretty pretty good hockey but you know you can't do it alone back there so the team's you know definitely deserves a lot of credit the way we've you know hung around games this year and and be able to push games along and goalie's just one aspect of that but it takes more than just one guy to win. Is there extra satisfaction for you putting probably the final nail in Calgary's playoff hopes here, um, considering the rival they are? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, thanks. Mark Spector, Sportsnet.
He talked about trying to keep your emotions, you know, in check when it doesn't go your way. Did Matthew Kachuk test those emotions for you tonight? Never. Never. I think it's, uh, you know, it's part of the game, obviously, as you go you go into important games, into playoff games, guys are going to do whatever they can to, you know, get under your skin, and um, there's nothing I haven't seen before, so... Um, I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy the competitive aspect of the game, and and uh, there's going to be bumps and knocks and slashes and stuff like that, and it kind of fires me up, to be honest. Now, you've been around this team for a couple of years. What are the things that that make you think that you're playoff ready, that, that maybe we didn't have around here last year? What are the things that this team can do now that you think gives you a better chance here to you know, to do something in the playoffs. Well, hopefully we don't have another break before we have to go into a, a playoff atmosphere. Um, you know, I talked about it last year. I thought we were playing some of our best hockey before the pause. And then, you know, you go into a bubble situation where no one's kind of done that before. And personally, I wasn't mentally ready for that. Um, I think our team's in a lot different spot this year. And I think we've we've came a long ways, you know, mentally, um, finding ways to win different ways, uh, you know, throughout the course of the season, whether it be up, coming back, or, or holding leads. Um, just seen a lot of maturity with our, within our group, and and not just on the ice, but you know, off the ice too, in the locker room, how we're handling ourselves, and um, what guys are talking about. You know, it's it's about team first, and we've seen a lot of those different things this year that maybe we didn't have in the past but um i think the guys are just real excited about playing important games and not that it, you know these aren't important but you get to a point in the season where it's you know these are mentally difficult games when you look at the standings and you just kind of want to get to the the real games now but saying that it's we've talked about it before about not being a, a switch we can turn on and off we want to be going in playing playing good hockey too jim matheson post media <clears throat> Uh, Mike Connor was saying that uh, he, he thought the team had a really good first period, not a very good second period, uh, and then shut it down in the third period. Is that how you saw it from the goalie's perspective? Yeah, I thought we came out with a lot of jump tonight. Uh, obviously, the last game wasn't ideal back to back for us, and you could tell we, we just our you know our energy level was was you know as low as I've seen it in a long time. And tonight was the opposite. I thought we you know we were jumping. You know, first period was real solid. And then I don't know if we thought it was just going to be, they were just going to go away, but, um, you know, they just kept coming at us and uh, we kind of sat back a little bit and, and didn't really do anything to push the game along. And, and the third period, obviously, you just, you know, you just find a way to win a game. And I think that's obviously something we've done all year. And it's an important part of, you know, winning important games. Uh, and everybody seems, wants to talk about Connor McDavid maybe getting 100 points. He doesn't seem all that excited about it as a, as a teammate. Would it interest you that he got 100 points in a 56-game season? It would interest me very much so. If he, would, if he does that, would, you know, we should have a fairly good chance to win some games here in the last few, few bits. So... Um, Nothing ceases to amaze me with this kid. He just, uh, he just, it's incredible how he continues to get better and better. And, and, you know, the harder it gets, the seem, it seems like 
when he gets shut down one game, the next game he's that much more hungry to get out there and help the team win. And, and uh, it says a lot about the maturity of, of him as a person. And everybody knows how incredible he is on the ice, but I've seen a young man grow into a, a leader of this hockey club and um, obviously in a huge part of why we've had success this year. So impressive to, uh, to watch a young guy like that take this team on his shoulders and do what he's done this year is uh, an incredible feat. Daniel Andrew Bowman, The Athletic. Mike, Mike, you've had a, a very, very strong season here. And last season, um, aside from, you know, there's about a month and a half that I know you talked about during the, the, kind of the middle part of the season that didn't go the way you wanted. This year, there hasn't really been any lulls in your game. How have you been able to kind of go through that and be as consistent as you've been able to be this season? Stayed on top of my game in practice. Uh, you know, Schwartzy and I have done, uh, you know, how to plan and, and kind of stuck to it all year, had kind of a routine that we've been going through. And um, mentally, I just feel like I'm in a good place, in a good headspace. It's not been easy, but um, honestly, it's just, it's as cliche as it comes, but I've been really focused on just one game at a time. And it's, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's, uh, it's just something I've really, you know, been really focused on this year. And, you know, I get, I get emotionally invested in hockey games. I think everyone knows that at this point in my career. And um, I think this year I'm, I'm doing my best to just control what I can control. And that's whatever happens in front of me doesn't matter. Um, I'm back there to make saves when stuff happens and there's going to be mistakes in games. And I just really, really hunkered down and, you know, battled in those situations and not tried to do more than I'm supposed to do. And you've been on a lot of good teams throughout the course of, of your career. Where at this point, I know the season's not over yet, but where, where do you think this one has the potential of ranking? I mean, it's, it's hard to rank from year to year and team to team, but I've seen a team the last two years grow tremendously, which is really exciting really exciting and and I just know we're you know we're super excited about playing in the playoffs and going in you know knowing we can we can beat any team in the north and you know if you do that you know anything can happen so I think we I think you know, these games are tough mentally down the stretch. They're just tough. You, you see the standings and you see where you're at. You want to obviously, you want to obviously home ice advantage. Um, but mentally, you just, you kind of just want to get through these games and keep pushing forward and keep building and, and then, you know, let the, the real games begin. So I think, uh, I think there's a feeling in the locker room that we want to continue to, to be playing well, going into the most important games, but we want to, you know, we're itching, chomping at the bit here to, to get in those games. Thank you. If there are no more questions. This includes Mike Smith's media availability. All right, that is Mike Smith, the Oilers' goaltender. Tonight backstops them to a 4-1 win over the Calgary Flames. He was asked, do you take any extra satisfaction knowing that you have pretty much crushed the Flames' playoff hopes? His answer, yep. So is that one of those, Rob, where, okay, answer the question honestly, but don't elaborate because you don't want to be... <laughs> 
give any bulletin board material. Oh, for next I don't year. think he really he cares. Care. No, he wouldn't care. I think he was just, you know, I mean, there's nothing else to say. Yeah, <laughs> I, I certainly do. Um, it, it, both teams have come out during the course of the year and said that they don't like each other. We, Connor McDavid's come out and said we don't like the Calgary Flames. Kachuk has said it. Um, uh, so it, it, it's I, I've been in those positions on both sides where teams that you hate have uh, you've knocked them out, and I've been on teams that you hate the other team you hate, and they've knocked you out, and there is extra satisfaction doing it. And when at this time of year, and one of the cool things when you are on a good team, it's always fun winning games knowing that you've put another team out. And it's like all right, there's one less team to worry about. Let's go to the next one. So now they always go to Vancouver. Now. The team knows. The players know they're in the playoffs. The, yes. the coaches know they're in the play and, ha and have for a while. This isn't something that the, where they get an X and they're beside their team name in the st in the newspaper. They say, "Okay, we're finally in it." None of them are even thinking about that. But it is always fun playing against teams, knowing after you've beat them, yeah, well, your guys are gone, and that's one less team. And eventually, we're going to be down to four in the north, and then you start going through those teams. You win a series, and now, okay, now there's only this many teams left in the in the playoffs. So it's just knocking teams out and allowing yourself to move a little bit further towards your goal. I also liked his answer. Would it interest you to see Connor McDavid get 100 points? He needs 13 in the last seven games, and Smith said it would interest me very much so because, as he said, and you and I have talked about this, the more points he gets, or any player, <laughs> the better. I mean, I'm sure he'd love Josh Archibald to get four <laughs> points a game. It's just McDavid's close to, to 100, but uh, I, I like that. It would interest him very much so. Well, when you're, you're, your best player is scoring points and you're the goalie, it makes life a little bit right. easier. So, yeah, I mean, he, when you're a player, you want all the guys to have success. Now, I know that when I played, you would... And when I, I played in an era where contracts weren't open books, like right now, you can go on a, on the Internet and you can find what everyone makes and bonus schedule and stuff like that. You didn't really know. So, yeah, guys had to find out, okay, who's got a bonus? Anyone got any bonuses in the last week that we can try and get? You need 20 goals? Okay, we'll see. You need a plus minus? All right. And guys would make sure that in the last couple of games, if there was the opportunity to take care of guys who had bonuses coming up. Now, when I played, we didn't make what they're making now, so an extra $5,000 at the end of the year was huge, so guys went out of their way to do it. So they will look up and down the thing. They, they'd love to get McLeod, uh, his, his first NHL goal in the next few games. Just like last year, there was talk, uh, Tobias Reeder, they were trying to get so hard to get him a goal. The fans were all into it at that point. Uh, so guys, as Mike Smith said, they know there's bigger games on the horizon and there's what is it now six games how many of the others got left seven six seven seven games left uh, there's two things for the others right now continue to play solid hockey and stay injury free and that's what they have to do in the final seven games because it's going to be hard to manufacture energy and excitement when you're playing a vancouver canuck team four straight games who are realistically out of the playoffs you're more or less stuck in that second spot the Oilers are uh, and you know that the big games the series against Winnipeg the series against Toronto those are coming up in about two weeks time that's what the players are excited for so this next little stretch against the Vancouver Canucks 
will be tough on the players to get through and have the emotional level they need. 4-1, the Oilers win tonight. That means a $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They have been giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline for CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. We have Andy standing by. Andy, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I thought it was an awesome game tonight. I have a, an observation and a question. Uh, I just really enjoy watching Connor and Leon play together, and they put up the points. I can't see splitting those guys up. And my question is, uh, that second line looked really good tonight, I thought, and I thought McLeod brought a lot of speed. What do you guys think about his performance in that second line tonight? I, I thought he played well. Uh, I thought he, at both ends of the rink, he understood what he needed to do. Um, uh, he, he made a, a couple of nice plays, setting players up. Uh, they, they were fine. I, I think in the playoffs, you're going to see both. You're going to see Connor and Leon playing together at times, and you're going to see them split up, depending on what's happening in the hockey game, which team they're playing against, uh, early in the game, late in the game, all those types of things. But what Dave Tippett is trying to find is somebody that they can play on that second line if Connor and Leon play together. Because so far this year, when Connor and Leon have been on the same line, there has been zero uh, production out of line number two. That's why Ryan McLeod's getting a look-see. And so far, I, I thought tonight he was good. 4-1, the Oilers win it over the Flames. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. 780-49. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 60063. And you're going to hear from head coach Dave Tippett when we get back. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Dylan Dubé from distance. Puck comes free to Archibald. He's got another empty net. Finds Darnell Nurse. Wrist shot score. Edmonton 4, Calgary 1. Second empty netter in the last 35 seconds. Yeah, the Oilers put it away late. Big push from the Flames in the final 30 minutes of this game, but they can't break through. The Oilers take it 4-1 to get their 30th win of the season. And the standings are interesting to look at, Rob. Toronto's going to finish first. They have 71 points in 51 games. And they're playing well. The Oilers, they've won five in a row. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Oilers now have 62 points in 49 games. So, I mean, they're not going to catch Toronto. And it's... It's unlikely Winnipeg would pass them. I mean, they got a five-point lead with a game in hand. What's interesting now is Winnipeg has 57 points, which they've had for a while because they've lost six in a row. Mm -hmm. And Montreal's up to 55 points, and the games played are even. They both have six left. So that's, you know, two points with six to go is not insurmountable. So Edmonton is not necessarily locked in to play the Jets. No, it's funny. When... Montreal started playing again. They they got the schedule done, and Vancouver was back. They had all those games in hand. There was talk: can one of the teams catch the Montreal Canadiens? 
and will Winnipeg or Edmonton catch the Toronto Maple Leafs? There was never any thought in anyone's mind that either Edmonton or Winnipeg could fall out of the number two or three spot, but Winnipeg has played poorly. They really have. Montreal went in the other night, got a big win against, I don't know, if, I'm not sure if it was either in Winnipeg or Montreal, but they had a big win against the Jets the other night. Uh, another comeback win today for the Canadians, getting two points against the Senators. And the way both teams are playing, Montreal is playing much better than Winnipeg right now. The only issue that is there, that there is, and I looked at this today because I said, oh, Mont- Montreal could play the Oilers. And I said, that's not, I'd, if I'm the Oilers, I'd rather play Winnipeg. Winnipeg has not shown that they can play the Oilers. They don't have the defense. Montreal has shown that they've got a recipe of how they want. And it's a much rough, tougher series. And even if you beat Montreal, you're going to be banged up at the end of that series. But I looked at both teams' schedules. The Winnipeg Jets play six games. Five of them are against non-playoff teams and one game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Montreal Canadiens play three against the Toronto Maple Leafs, two against the the Edmonton Oilers. So five of their six are against the best two teams in the division. If Montreal were to catch Winnipeg, they will have earned it mm-hmm. because they're going to have to beat the top two teams to do it. Um, I still think Winnipeg has the easier, well, much easier schedule. They should come in third place. But yeah, it's Winnipeg has completely fallen off. They've got injuries. Their, uh, their goaltending has not been great. And... <laughs> they've benched their star players at times. It is not happy times in the Winnipeg Jets. That is not a way you want to go into a playoff. Yeah, that's an interesting one for me because, like you said, they do have key guys out yep. that they, they should get back. Hellebuck is still an excellent goalie, mm-hmm. and he has been excellent at in spurts yep. this, this season. Uh, I, I mean, overall, he's not as good as the year he won the Vesna Trophy, but he's still pretty good. Yep. And that's why you wonder, is this... And again, we get asked questions like this all the time. Well, I guess we'll know in about three weeks or so. Is this a sign of the Jets dropping off? Or is this, okay, that was their poo-poo part of the season. And then they bounce back and it it was put together for the playoffs. Well, you certainly don't want to limp into the playoffs because just that negative energy around the dressing room coming to the rink or the first time you face some adversity in the playoffs it's like oh no here we go again a team that's confident they'll face a little adversity it's like oh so what we had a bad period we're going to be better the next period i just think for a matchup for either for the oilers and the leafs both teams i believe would rather play the winnipeg jets right now the jets have got some injuries Oilers, they're hoping is back for the playoffs but they haven't said it's for sure and to me he's their best player uh, they they are not a physical team, the Jets. They do not have the defensive pairing uh, that could put against Connor or Leon. I saw, like, Connor and Leon, we talked about when they played the Jets the other day, how many points. It's in the 30s, the two of them have combined this year. I also showed, so they showed a stat of Marner and Matthews. They've feasted on the Jets this year as well. They can't stop star players. With the Montreal Canadiens, whoever plays them, you may beat them, but it's going to go seven games, and you're going to be... Either, I mean, the last time the Canadians were here, two of their players left with injuries. I mean, they are a big, mean, physical team that's made for playoff hockey. So, uh, as an Oilers fan, and working for the Oilers, I'm hoping the Jets put it together a little bit down the stretch and come in second, and it's an Oilers-Jet first-round series. But the Canadians are playing well, and they are... I mean, they're banged up too, but they're going to start getting healthier here as Weber hasn't played the last couple of games, and he's a very, very important part. And they got that young kid, Caulfield, who came up, scored his first goal in the National Hockey League in overtime. 
that's the one thing that the Montreal Canadiens need is some scoring, and they got some in that young player. Yeah, 3-2 win for Montreal over Ottawa. Toronto beating up Vancouver tonight on the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Avalanche beat the Sharks 4-3. Wild over the Blues 4-3 in overtime. Panthers 1-5-4 at Chicago. Predators beat the Stars 1-0. That one was in overtime. Also an overtime win for Carolina, 2-1 against the Blue Jackets. Pittsburgh shut out the Capitals 3-0. Devils beat the Flyers 4-1. It's the Islanders beating the Rangers 3-0. Red Wings in a shootout, 1-zip over the Lightning. Bruins pound the Sabres 6-2. The Ducks over the Kings 6-2. Ryan Miller. Handshake line from the Kings. Oh, that's cool. After that game, Golden Knights beat the Coyotes 3-2 in overtime. There's one big game tonight, and that was the Dallas-Nashville. There's 15 teams right now are going to be in the playoffs, and it's it's well known now. There's two teams fighting for that last spot. They played each other today, Dallas and Nashville. That was a huge extra point that the Nashville Predators picked up in overtime in the 1-0 victory. All right, we'll go to the Certainteed Hotline and welcome Trent to the show. Hey, Trent, thanks a lot for calling. You're welcome. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, we're doing well. What's on your mind? Uh, they didn't show the three stars tonight. Oh, well, I have them. Smith, oh, number right. one, Markstrom, number two, and McDavid, number three. Do you want to pick oh, the fourth star for us? The fourth star? Yeah, pick a fourth star. And plus, you're doing the contest. This is like I'd the say- greatest night of your life. <laughs> <laughs> That Ethan Bear goal, that was an excellent goal. There you go. Ethan, he That's, was awesome tonight. That's the fourth star for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. Order your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at mrmikes.ca. Okay, you know how finish the play works. We're going to play a little uh, clue from the game, and we'll ask you a question about it. Angie, what do you have tonight? Darnell Nurse finally was able to knife it over to Barry. He'll advance through to Connor McDavid, who hits the line with speed. Dry settle and dart to Yamamoto, a shot. Okay, a shot in the first period from Kyler Yamamoto. Did he score? No. Darnell Nurse finally was able to knife it over to Barry. He'll advance through to Connor McDavid, who hits the line with speed. Dry settle and dart to Yamamoto. A shot to save. And Markstrom almost had it kicked in by Tanev a second time. It came off the post. And finally, the Flames able to clear. That was a wild sequence in the first minute of the game. Trent, good stuff, buddy. You're getting Great a $50. Great defense dollar. tonight, though, wasn't it? What's that? Great defense tonight, though, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the Oilers played well. They It was yeah. a good game. I thought Smith was good. Both both teams came to play tonight, and the Oilers oh, just sure. a little more skilled. Yeah. All right, Trent, thanks for calling. You're going to have to give Angie your info here because we're going to put your name into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. And Trent's also getting a $50 sawmill gift card just for playing. And he got to pick the fourth star. It was a big It was a big night. Big night for him. And a big night for our show. He helped out. I can't imagine anything that would be better. Okay, I mean, I, I could imagine a few things, but, I mean, it would be in my top ten if I got to do both those in one night on a Saturday night to boot. Tell you what, uh, the Oilers win 4-1 over the Calgary Flames. Back into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Hey, Dave, did you like uh, the response from your team tonight after the game the other night? Yeah, we, we looked fresher. We got a day of rest yesterday, so we, we looked like we had some legs. 
I like the way we started the game. Started the game really well, and then we took the the two penalties that kind of took the momentum away from us. And then give Calgary credit; they pushed hard the whole game, and but we uh, we hung in there and were able to get the win. Now I know Connor doesn't think too much about the hundred points in in the fifty six games here, but what is the rest of the team? Would that be a big accomplishment for the team? With how would the, the team respond if he got to hundred points this year? I haven't heard anybody talk about it, so. I... It'd be probably better off asking a player, another player, but I haven't heard a lot of talk about it in the dressing room. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Hi, Dave. Uh, Mike Smith just talked a lot about how we're getting to the point of the season where you're, you know, you're looking at the standings, you guys are in the playoffs, you're looking pretty good for second or place, you know, maybe third, whatever. Time to play the real games. They're looking forward to playing the real games. Do you do, how do you handle these last seven games here, particularly five against Vancouver. How do you, you know, do, you, do you have to do anything to keep these guys head in the game here? Well, we got lots to work on. We, we got, we, we've been trying to prepare for this final stretch and making sure our game's in place and we're going to continue to do that. You know, we, we got the four against Vancouver this week and then two, uh, two games out in Montreal. So we'll, uh, we, we want to make sure our, our game's in order moving forward here. And we've, uh, we're going to, you know, we still got to figure out where we are with our lines, with our deep pairs. There's, there's lots to, uh, lots to work on here. Uh, two things, uh, your thoughts on how McLeod played and, uh, in that role. And also you guys did have to defend a fair bit tonight and yeah, they, you, know, they, you defend a lot, but you only let in one goal and you, yeah. you win a, a game where you only surrender one. Uh, is that a good sign? Schmidty played very well. We gave up more, uh, we gave up more attempts at our net than I would have liked. Some of it was our puck play. Some of it, you got to credit Calgary there. I mean, that's a desperate team. They're playing for their lives there. So they're throwing everything at the net, hoping it goes in. So, uh, I thought we defended all right. We we probably defended more than we should have because of some of our puck play and the ability to advance the puck. puck. And, um, you know, we... Uh, what was the other part of the question? I, it was the first part, yes. McLeod. Oh, McLeod, yeah. McLeod was very solid, very solid. I got no problem playing him in any part of the game. He was, he was really solid. Thank you. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, is Josh Archibald your empty net guy? Well, he's a guy I use in that role because he pays the price. He blocks shots. He's one of our better guys on the wall. He reads. It's like a penalty killing situation. So he's our best penalty killer. So he's out there on the ice. Uh, and you changed your lines. You've got Yamamoto on the on the line with Connor and Leon. How do you think Yamamoto's playing right now? He's all right. He's making good plays. You know, I'd like to see him shoot the puck more, get a little more greedy around the net and finish a little more, but we'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks here. we still got to figure things out there. Harry Jones, Post Media. Yeah, uh, Coach, with the, um, I'm curious how you balance rest uh, with the remainder of your regular season schedule uh, prior to the playoffs. Uh, I assume you have a plan that you've formulated to this point yeah we we got a lot of games in a short amount of time so practice is going to be at a premium we'll uh you know you got to make sure your players get enough rest that's a that's a priority and uh you know we'll see how these games go but we'll uh we got to make sure that 
we're fresh going into the playoffs once we clinch that, and uh, we'll manage that over the, the last few games. Thank you. Daniel Nudramon, The Athletic. Uh, Dave, uh, Mike Smith was saying that uh, obviously the, the way things ended last year were disappointing. wasn't sure if he felt he was quite ready and, and maybe the team as well, but he feels like there's a different kind of mindset this year. Do you sense that? Do you feel this team is, is different in a better position than they were uh, a year ago? I do. I think we're a deeper team. I think, uh, you know, sometimes lessons are hard to learn, but you remember those lessons the most. So we learned some hard lessons in the bubble, and uh, we've got some guys that have come back and really, you know, dug in and played solid this year. I think uh, Mike Smith has really played well in goal, or actually both our goalies have played well here lately. So that's a, that's a big plus. So we've taken strides. You, you know, when you... Uh, you get knocked down a little bit. You got to get up again, and hopefully you're better off for it. And I feel like we are. And you've known uh, Mike Smith for quite a long time. You've had him for for a while with many different teams. Uh, is this the best that you have seen him in play in his career? Uh, he played really well in in Arizona for a while. Carried us to a conference final. So, sure. uh, but he's playing very well right now. He's he's certainly playing very well. That is Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. They beat the Calgary Flames 4-1 this evening. A couple other things I want to tell you about. The Oil Kings are very rare loss for them, falling 4-2 in Red Deer. The Blue Jays beat the Braves 6-5 in 10 innings. And Sherwood Park's Chuba Hubbard, a graduate of Bev Facey, went to Oklahoma State, drafted today in the fourth round, 126th overall by the Carolina Panthers. Awesome. Uh, good for him. I, I thought he was going to go a lot higher than that. I hope that uh, he proves a lot of people wrong that should have probably taken him a lot earlier. He is fun to watch. So hopefully he's going to have a nice, long NFL career. And the Canadians, uh, the Canadian U18 team playing in Plano, Texas at the World Championship. Another win tonight. Perfect record in the round robin, a 5-2 win over Belarus. Okay, we got to call a quick timeout. You can get us at 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Pugliarvi breaking free, draws a penalty and a backhander denied by Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom. Very good tonight for the Calgary Flames, but Mike Smith a little bit better. Markstrom very good early in this game, and the Oilers win it 4-1. They win the Battle of Alberta this season, six wins to four. It's Vancouver week coming up, four games, and then two against Calgary, and then one more against Vancouver, and then that'll do it for the regular season for your Edmonton Oilers. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Did you see the Lucic... Slewfoot? Yes. Yes. Um, it looked intentional. Uh, that, to me, that's one of the most dangerous plays because when you get slew-footed, you, you can't protect yourself because you're going back on your head. You can't protect yourself. You go down hard, and it's completely unexpected. If someone comes in there and brings up their fist or brings up their, their stick, at least you can see it coming and kind of protect yourself. When you're standing in the middle of nowhere, the play's all in one way, and all of a sudden someone takes your feet out, uh, scary, because that's when you can throw your head back and snap it. Uh, it should have been a penalty. It was, I don't know how you miss it. Two refs, you would see that. But it, it, it looked intentional. It, it honestly did. I don't know if it was meant to... I don't think Lucic meant to hurt him, but I do believe that he did mean to kick his feet out. And scary situation that could have 
turned out way worse. Drysaddle was shaken up. He went to the bench quickly after that, but yeah, that, it should have been a penalty. Oilers win it 4-1. You know, we've talked a lot about the officiating this season, and I, I do want to bring something up, and I, this, I don't want to do this in the context of, well, it was just missed calls, but it's something that happens, and it's in every NHL game, and it's something they addressed 15 years ago now when they came out of the, the lost season, and that's the interference on dump-ins. Mm-hmm. Bear got a penalty tonight. Uh, was it Richie he shoved down? I can't remember. Uh, I believe it was Richie, yes. Uh, so he, he gave him the shot to the yeah. shoulder, and, and Richie went down, and Bear got a penalty. And I thought, okay, fair enough, but that, that happens a lot. Well, now almost as, every play. Right. So as an ex-player and now as an observer, how much leniency do you want because it used to be well you could almost just tackle a guy for yes, hold, hold him for four seconds yeah now I mean, if i'm coming up on you i chip it past you and then i accelerate they'll they would usually let you give me a little bump or or a little shot what but it, what's the line for you well to me it's it's the time it's how much after you dump the puck in do you do you give the guy the bump like if 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 someone comes down and bounces it off the boards or flips it behind you and tries to go around you 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 can interfere enough right there. You can because the play to me is it's still a continuation of the play. But if someone does it where he bounces and now as you're skating up, you're trying to get around him and now he interferes with you, well that to me is a penalty. The one that Bear got that was a bad call. It was it was a bad call to me. That was part of the play. The puck had just gone by him. You should be allowed to slow his momentum going forward it happened a few more times uh in the game there was one where i I believe it was mcleod going the other way and it was tanev you know gave him a little bump and to me one thing it saves the other defenseman because normally he's chasing and he's going to throw a big hit so i I thought the bear play it was a bad call the the reason that the ref probably called it is richie went down but you also got to read the situation. To me, Richie just lost his his balance. It wasn't Bear didn't hit him hard. It was just a little shove. So that was that was a bad call. It happens. On, you're right. It happens almost every time the puck gets dumped. There is a little bit of interference. As long as it's the continuation of the play, referees usually allow it. Yeah, and and I know it's a, a bit of a judgment call. It, and, and generally, I think it's enforced fairly well. There's always a couple games where a couple of game where you think, oh, maybe. But I like how you put that. It's the timing because there are times where a puck is shot in, and the offensive player keeps charging, and then he gets bumped. And I'll be thinking to myself, well, the defenseman already could have turned around mm-hmm. and got the puck. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's sitting there interfering with the guy. But it's one where if I'm coming down, so that one, Richie's coming down on Bear, and as he's coming down on him, just before he gets to him, he pushes the puck behind him, and now he's going to go around him. To me, that's still the continuation of the play. He's still playing a one-on-one, right? and the puck has just left his stick. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a poor call, uh, especially because they never call it again the rest of the night. It's like, okay, well, that, that was silly. But to me, it was because Richie went to one knee, but I mean, you got to look at the player. That's that's Bear, who is not a a, a physical player. Uh, it wasn't a hard hit. I mean, the, well, the other day, for example, uh, McDavid came down and took a, who was it? Uh, we got we got. Oh, when he did the one on two. Yeah, and the, it was the offside D man. They hammered him. The puck again. The puck had gone by the defenseman, and there was no call there. That was way harder hit than the one Bear threw today. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Scott standing by. Hey, Scott, go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, yeah, just uh, I think the last time I ever complained about the referees 
was uh, the women's uh, gold medal game, and they had their American. Uh, oh, down in the states. That was that was the worst ref <laughs> hockey game I've ever watched. Other than back in the day when the Russians were, you know, refing and whatever. I mean, uh, enough about that. That's okay, I just Scott. wanted to yeah. say that. Um, so uh, another thing was um, just about the refing was, um, I think it was Anderson uh, hit somebody in the back of the back of the net and then grabbed him, wrapped his hands around or arms around him and threw him to the ice. That was another one, and the Lucha got a real problem with that. Anyways, carrying on. Uh, in years gone by, guys, uh, there's no way the Oilers uh, hold on to this game tonight. Um, you know, two, three years ago. Uh, so it, sh- it really shows, uh, you know, the maturity of the defense, the the building, the developing. Um, and the one thing that really scared me, though, was that four-on-four. Four, uh, or the oh, first yeah. four-on-four. Oh, man, Bear got so lucky. If Manj- I think it was Maginapani or whatever his name is. He just mishandled and had to go wide. Otherwise, we, we it's a it's a breakaway. Well, yeah. I, okay, and Nurse was the other defenseman, Rob. So yeah. who actually misread that? Oh, that was Bear. Mangiapane, he had okay. him beat. Like, Mangiapane yeah. had him beat. And it was funny, that shift, there was about two or three other times where guys had pucks on the stick and it just kind of left them. They just kind of mishandled it. But Mangiapane had speed. He had him beat and it was going to be a breakaway and mishandled the puck. But, yeah, there was a, a couple mistakes tonight by the defense. That one there, and then the one earlier, obviously the goal that Goudreau scored, Jones got caught on the wrong side of Kachuk. Uh, he cheated off the puck. The puck goes by him, and then he's he's chasing Kachuk. Uh, having said that, I th- the Oilers' pretty good defensive display again tonight is they've become a, a fairly strong defensive hockey club. Well, I think that Scott made a good point that this is the type of game the Oilers would have lost a, a, a fair number of times during their all their years out of the playoffs. I mean, it doesn't have to be pretty. You don't always have to outshoot the other team. You have to you have to survive. And, and I mean, really, I look at this game. There were two 10-minute segments where one team dominated. Mm-hmm. The Oilers dominated the first 10 minutes of the game and got two goals. Calgary dominated the final 10 minutes of the second period and got one goal. Well, the, the, the thing is, a lot of people think when you win a hockey game that you're going to be the better team the whole night, and it doesn't work that way. Uh, there's going to be stretches where the other team has momentum. They have bounces. They get breaks. It's As a team, if you want to be a successful team, you bend in those situations. You don't break. You get the saves that you need. We saw Mike Smith tonight, big save early in the game when it's one nothing. A couple of big saves in the middle period so that instead of being tied 2-2 at the end of two, they were still leading going into the third period. Um, To me, the biggest difference between the Oilers uh, now and the last few years is their goaltending is much better. Smith has given him quality starts and Koskinen when he's in there. And then, as Dave Tippett talked about, depth. Uh, there was, I mean, they've got guys with solid NHL resumes playing in their bottom six, where before the bottom six was littered with uh, castaways from other teams, minor league players that uh, were trying to make a push to be full-time NHL players. So now the depth that they have, a chase on, a Neil, an Archibald, those guys have been in these situations before. They're not going to be flustered if they got a one-goal lead late in a hockey game. Not going to be flustered if they go seven, eight, nine minutes between shifts. So they, they've got that type of depth that they can put out there 
and the, the coaching staff feel comfortable that those players can get it done. There's not that hold your breath until the first or second line get out there again. They have confidence in all four lines now. All right, let's go back to the phones. We have Rocket standing by. Oilers win 4-1 over the Flames. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, guys, uh, two things. The second thing, if I forget after talking about the first thing, it's Evan Bouchard and where is he and what's happening with him. Well, I'll answer that quickly right now. Tippett said he might play before the end of the season. That's all we can tell you. Okay. Okay, so the first thing is policing. And I remember Dave Tippett saying uh, on uh, Bob Stopper's show, uh, that uh, it doesn't really exist in the league anymore. Like they're, you know, you don't have that heavyweight guy. Here's what I saw tonight. After Drysaddle got slew-footed, who knocked the jaw out of uh, Lucic? It was Connor McDavid, and I'm not sure if he got him with a butt end, but Lucic was on the bench and he was shaking his jaw like he was rattled. And so I think. These superstars police themselves now, especially, I don't know, across the league, but I've noticed McDavid and Dreisaitl, they have a lot of fight in them, and it's not just, you know, they're not looking for somebody to stand stand up for, the, for them. They stand up for themselves, and, and McDavid coming to Dreisaitl's rescue on that play is perfect evidence of that. Well, those two players, thanks, Rocket. Those two players have been more... Well, they've been chippier this year. Oh, they've absolutely. Been, they've been nastier when they've when they've had to. I mean, McDavid got fined. Yeah. And he's. I mean, let's let's face it. They're not angels. He's gone up high on a couple of other guys. Oh, hey, it, it, it's funny. I, I got buddies that uh, you know, they've got to look after Connor and Leon more. And there are, there are times that yes, but there's a lot of games that Leon and Connor are the aggressors to start the game. There's times where the, in early in the game they've gone and become physical. Tonight, McDavid initiated uh, a number of times and, and was physical. The thing is, the, the difference between the stars today and the stars before, the stars today are big. Like Leon Dreisettle is a he's a monster. Connor McDavid, there's not a player in the National Hockey League stronger on their skates. Now you, you might think that for being fast, but that also means you don't get knocked over. And, and when you throw a hit. You can go through guys. So players before, they needed some protection because they weren't physical specimens that the stars are today. You look at a McKinnon, a Matthews. These guys are big men that they don't need the protection. They're capable of doing it themselves. And let's face it, uh, the league is uh, not, I don't want to say softer, but it's a friendlier league than it was 15, well, 20, 25 years. Well, it's still very physical, but there's, it's less, there's less fighting. I know there's not, been not, a bit more fighting, fighting this not year. E- not even talking about fighting. I'm talking about dirty plays. It's not... Go go watch a, an Oiler game in the, the 80s and the 90s and watch the physicality. Go watch 15 years ago when the Philadelphia Flyers played against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the abuse that Sidney Crosby took. The league is nothing like that anymore. Uh, it, it's not physical. The Oilers, are, when they play the Jets in the playoffs, I mean... The, the last few games against the Jets were no hitters. So this is a much different game. The Stars do not need to be protected like they did before. I, I do think, though, that the Stars, like Leon and Connor have, realize that at some point you just have to give it back. No, I mean, but, Crosby gives it back. Yeah, but players I mean, have the, always done the that. Guy? Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. But I think that's part of a natural progression of a star learning the gamesmanship and what yeah, he can get away do. with. And I mean, who was the guy? Was it, We were talking about this a few months ago when Crosby slashed 
was it Mathot? And then Mathot yep. had his skin hanging off. Yeah. Of oh, his, it was gross. His finger. Yeah. So, well, Mel, Melkin, watch Melkin play. He's he's dirty. Uh, Claude Giroux in Philadelphia. He's got some edge to him. Uh, you go around the league. The, the star, they have edge. I mean, for one, there's. It used to be if, if you did something stupid, the other team's tough guy jump over the bench and come over and beat you up. There's that not that in the National Hockey League. Uh, the way that the, the league is policed now by the, the league, I mean, guys don't go around. Like, Remember when I played, what was his name? Was it Dave Brown? When he cross-checked Thomas Sandstrom across the face. Standing in front of that, just cross-checked him right across the face. I mean, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in the National Hockey League now. So there's not that fear that there used to be. I mean, it still can be physical. And, the, and then when the Montreal was here, that was getting close to crossing the line and as close as we've seen in a number of years. But there's still, the it's a much different uh, hockey game now than it was two decades ago. Yeah. Big David popped Giordano right by the penalty box. Oh, the, yeah. And that, and, that was a good hit. And, oh, and, oh, that's the thing about one of the best hitters that I ever played with was Jeremy Roenick because he was fast and he was solid on his skates. Connor McDavid, if he wanted to be uh, a Josh Archibald type of player, he would dominate physically because he is strong. He's an incredibly strong skater, and he his balance is the best in the National Hockey League. He could go through guys, and when he does hit guys, you could see right afterwards those players are like, whew, that hurt a little bit more than I expected. And Giordano's a big man, and you're right. This is what I said earlier is Connor McDavid and Leon, they initiated a lot more than people expect. And that's more or less sending a message to their own bench saying, all right, guys, follow our lead. And most nights they do. It was career game 400 for McDavid tonight. He was excellent again, three points. He's up to 87 on the season. Drysettle had four assists, so he's over 70 points now, has 71 on the year. He also, uh, as we mentioned, was outstanding in the faceoff circle, as he is most nights. He wound up winning 12 out of 19 for 63%. All right, we got to call a quick timeout. You'll hear from Connor McDavid when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Four and a half gone by first. Baird Oilers have four of the game's first five shots. And on the power play for another minute 12. McDavid streaks in, shoots, and scores! Picked up a bouncing puck and drilled it home. Top right corner. Connor McDavid in his 400th game has his 29th goal of the year. That opened the scoring tonight. And the Edmonton Oilers go on to beat the Calgary Flames 4-1. Here's the man who scored it, Connor McDavid. Hey, Connor, um, you know, a blip the other night for you guys, but you don't let it to get to two in a row again. Uh, just kind of how, how important is it for your group to be able to do that and to keep, you know, to minimize the damage when you do drop a game? Well, it's vital. I mean, I think uh, in a playoff series, you you know, you can't lose two in a row. So um, it'll be able to bounce back um, in a series where, you know, they're they're playing for their life. So, um, you know, it's desperate hockey. It's playoff hockey. Um, and I thought we did a great job responding. Yeah, just maybe take us through how you think the game went tonight. It obviously wasn't a perfect game for you guys, but you kind of you were able to, to grind it out and find enough. Yeah, I th obviously loved our first period. I thought, uh, you know, we did a lot of good things. We had our legs and, and uh, you know, kind of got the jump on them. Didn't love our second period. Um, you know, although we have that power play and, you know, if we have a chance, you know, I have a chance there to, to put the game away and, you know, a couple guys have chances. So, um, you know, to put them down 3 nothing would have been huge, but, you know, we kind of gave them life and, and uh, you know, I thought they, they kind of took over the rest of the second period. And obviously the third period, I thought we uh, um, did a good job uh, holding the lead. Jim Matheson, Post Media. 
Uh, Connor, you played your 400th game tonight. Does it seem like 400 games? <laughs> uh, yes and no. I think, uh, you know, looking back, it feels pretty quick. But, you know, there's been lots of, uh, you know, we've been through, through lots with this group. And, you know, lots of, you know, downs and lots of ups. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, a, a pretty wild kind of start to the career and um, you, know, you got to get get to 400 to get to some of those higher numbers so um, you know, just another step in the step in the road uh, and you had the chance there it looked like with a wide open edit marks and stone got his skate on it did you get all of that shot it didn't look like you you got all the shot to put it into the empty net no I didn't get didn't get anything really uh, kind of just fell uh, fell off uh, off the back of the stick there and didn't get much on it um you know that's something that uh you know, i gotta bear down there you know that's one of those chances where you can put them down three nothing and you know really uh really hurt them there Derek van dies post media connor is there any extra satisfaction knowing that you probably buried the flames here and, and buried their playoffs hopes because they're such a big rival <clears throat> um you know it's uh you know, you want to bury the teams that are below you. And I think, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to do that, uh, you know, this series. And, um, you know, we definitely, definitely uh, put them in a, in a bad spot here. So, you know, they got, a, they got, they got some ground to make up now. And, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens coming down the stretch. They've been playing well. Give them a lot of credit. They've, uh, they've hung in there and they've stuck with it. And, um, you know, put themselves to, to get back in the race a little bit. And, uh you know, it's nice to uh, to get a win here tonight. And it looks like you guys have found the right formula heading into the playoffs here. It looks like you got some balance on your lines. Your defense is playing well. And you're great getting the great goaltending from, from Mike Smith and, and even Miko when he comes in. Do you, do you like the way you're playing heading towards the playoffs here? Yeah, I think we're playing some good hockey. I think, uh, you know, there's lots of, lots of things to feel good about. You know, we got seven games left to... Uh, to continue that and to continue to build our game, you know, I think there's uh, you know some mistakes that we can take out and um, you know some chances that we're giving up that I think we can take away. So you know, we want to continue to build our game as we as we get closer here. Mark Specter, Sportsnet. You know, you guys uh, you had some good points in the game, but you defended a lot of this game. Like we watched this team when you had to defend that that many minutes in a hockey game, Connor. There weren't a lot of games where you only allowed one goal. Uh, is this team learning how to play? You know, when it's not going your way, uh, you're not getting stung. They're not scoring every time they have it. You, you guys growing that way? Uh, yeah, I think learning to, to to play when it's not really going going your way is is a big part of, of winning. I think you know it's not gonna it's not gonna go your way each and every night or each and every period like like tonight. I thought. You know, we started great, and then the second period they kind of took over. And you know, I thought we did a great job responding uh, in the third period and just being uh, a solid team. And you know, when we do give up chances, you know, Smitty and, and Koski have been great back there. So um, you know, it's definitely part of the, part of the learning process. You had some words for uh, Milan Lucic. In fact, you gave him a little poke in the chops. It looked like uh, your thoughts on that uh, that whole sequence of plays. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, uh, you know, he tried to finish on me in the neutral zone, and you know, we were both skating back to the bench and just gave him a little bump. He says it was up high. I didn't think it was, it was, it was too high. Um, and but obviously, Luch is a, 
you know, a former teammate and a, and a good friend. And, you know, I'm not obviously not trying to, uh, to stir up the big man. I think, uh, you know, you, you definitely don't want to do that. I don't, I don't have a, a death wish. So, um, you know, he's a, a big man and, and, you know, he's had a great season. And, um, you know, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Luch. Tim Campbell, NHL.com. Honor, the talk of uh, you reaching 100 points this season has really picked up around the league. What's your mindset on that after this game, and do you think you can do it? Uh, you know, I think, you know, personally, I want to continue to play good hockey. Our group wants to continue to play good hockey. Um, you know, we want to go into the playoffs in a, in a good note. Um, you know, personally, um, you know, it's a number. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, it'd be it'd be kind of different to be able to do it in a shortened season. You know, I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to keep playing my game, and if I get there, I get there. If not, um, you know, whatever. That is Connor McDavid. Whatever he says, if he makes a hundred points or not. Well, as Mike Smith says, uh, if he does, it means that the Oilers are probably winning games more often than not. Thirtieth win of the season tonight. Now it's off to Vancouver. Monday's game will face off at 8. Our face-off show here on 6.30 Ched will start at 6. Get more on the Oilers on globalnews.ca or 6.30ched.com. Also, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 on Monday. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30 Ched. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers beat the Flames 4-1. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.